Welcome back, fellow Inquisitors. It's your friendly foreign agent back with your favourite flavour of propaganda. And actually, I have to say that in all seriousness, because I'm really not sure regarding this story. Uh, this comes from a briefing from the Russian Ministry of Defence. Uh, so, I'm sure they're perfectly capable of a good dose of propaganda and wild claims. But when it comes to wild claims, they don't tend to be quite as, let's say, bold as Kiev. But this one's a pretty bold claim. The military administration of the Zaporozhye region announced the death of 57 officers of the armed forces of Ukraine as a result of a strike by caliber. 57 officers. 57 top-level officers were destroyed. The panic is colossal. I know what is happening from the inside. According to the updated data, 57 people were calibrated. At least at the moment, it is known about 57 senior officers. Rogov added that among the officers, there were generals, several colonels, and lieutenant colonels in the British Army, lieutenant colonels in uh, American. This, this happened yesterday, June the 19th. This was the Russian Ministry of Defense announced that the army had fired caliber missiles at a command post. Um, according to the agency, the blow was struck during a working meeting of the command staff of the operational strategic group of Ukrainian troops, Alexandria. The ministry reported, and this is pretty much a verbatim quote, that as a result of the strike, over 50 generals, see that that's what kind of pricked my ears up. I was like, 50 generals and officers. <laughs> so it could be two generals and officers. But yeah, that's what made me think, ooh, that's a bold claim, Cotton. 50 generals and officers of the armed forces of Ukraine, including the general staff, the command of the Kakovka group of troops, air assault troops, and formations. And again, the reason I was pressing X for doubt here, I was like, surely the Ukrainians aren't that stupid to gather that many senior officials in one place knowing the Russian capability of launching these caliber missiles, knowing that they will get calibrated, surely. So I actually sat on this. And I urged my telegram guys, despite the sources. Now, again, the Russian Ministry of Defense tends to be very careful, tends to triple check, it seems. But I thought I'd wait out and maybe there would be some acknowledgement in Western news. There's got to be at least some mention of that many senior officers being calibrated. I can find nothing with the search term 57 officers, Ukraine missile strike. I've got five days ago, two days ago from Newsweek. Well, that puts it a day in advance. And nothing three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Again, maybe it's my search terms. Maybe it's because it's Google. If we head over to the Newsweek, just talked about video montage, Russian howitzers, missiles being launched, MOD, Armed Forces Russian Federation, continue the special military operation. Like that's news. Surprisingly, they just literally, the bulk of the article is a copy past a Ministry of Defense briefing, uh, which I've not seen before. People often come to the community posts where I relay these exact briefings, but here we have it in Newsweek, which... I thought it was quite intriguing that they've started reporting this. So there you go, if you're, you're curious, maybe Newsweek will, will keep it up, but there we go. 
bizarre, but no mention. When I try the eng.mil.ru, for me in Russia, it appears to be down. Uh, that's where you can usually find the official Ministry of Defense briefings, but doesn't appear to be working. Hashtag hackers. Uh, now, whether I don't know if this is in response to this attack. These stupid updates. But uh, Aksionov said that the Ukraine has dealt only three strikes on drilling. Uh, this is these are drilling platforms in the Black Sea. Only three strikes. I think that's to do with translation here. The point of the story is there have been three. Uh, what was reported as Tochkau missile strikes on drilling rigs located in the Black Sea. And here I, I found a bit of a discrepancy in what's being reported, whether it's because it was reported, it says 42 minutes ago, updated 10 minutes ago. But here it says, according to preliminary information, there were no wounded or dead. It talks about 109 people on the towers. This The first strike at uh, 08.37 Moscow time. If we move over to Russia today, the head of Crimea, Aksionov announced that the attack on the drilling platforms, yep, Ukrainian military attacked. Five people were rescued. Three of them were injured. The search for the rest continues. This was announced by the head, uh, Aksionov. First of all, we are working on saving people. There were 12 of them. At this moment, five were picked up. Three of them were injured. Search for the rest continues, working with Ministry of Defense and FSB. So something going on out there. Ministry of Defense provides for the rescue operation with patrol ships and aviation, he concluded. Yeah, so it's, I think that's a, a story that's in progress. Um, yeah, and that's breaking more details to follow uh, on that. Uh, I'm going to jump back to the UK ever so briefly because I feel this needs just a quick mention. So Saturday, I I reported about Putin's speech. And one of the clips from his speech at the International Forum, which took place on Friday, he mentioned about as the cost of living rises, uh, people will get more dissatisfied, leading to potentially a change of their elites, he said. And then that just after finishing this video where I talked about Putin's speech, I saw this article on Sky News. Now, I feel that this timing is quite coincidental. I, I, you could say, oh, yeah, Putin said it and he was right. No, not really. I mean, this quote here, sometimes you look at your gas and electric and you, you're starting to cry because you don't know which one to top up first. I, I've lived this. I lived this years ago. I'm talking like even 10 years ago where you'd hit your emergency credit on the meter. Why metered gas and electric was more expensive than direct debit, I don't know because it was prepaid, but that's just the lunacy of living in the UK. There's another key quote down here. You have to be working 50, 60 hours or so so that you're able to meet your bills and pay your rent. This is not acceptable in the 21st century. I will add to that. That's not acceptable, in my point of view, in somewhere that classes itself as a first world country. That's what I couldn't get my head around when I used to live in the UK. I'd worked for like 25 years, had no savings, no chance of a deposit on a house. And I was like, yeah. And we're supposed to be first world uh so my point being is i think these protests the timing might might i feel that it's the straw that's broken the camel's back of a situation that has been building probably since yeah 2008 um even even you know early maybe earlier but certainly around that time this has been going on for years and i think it's been brought to a head 
by this spike in energy bills. And Cut energy bills now. Britain needs a pay rise. Tax wealth, not workers. And then you've got end racism. (laughs) What? I feel like they're not focusing on the root issues. You know, like maybe the fact that during the coup and there were and the global health scare contracts were given to mates for PPE that didn't exist or was substandard. You know, maybe some uh, Rishi Sunak's dodgy dealings and Boris Johnson helping out his mates. You know, maybe we should. Well, we <laughs> maybe the UK should start thinking about Putin's words and cleaning house. But I don't hold much hold much hope of that <laughs> picture of Boris. Time to go. The other thing that struck me is that Sky News actually dedicated this much print to this story topic well fair play fair play sky news for highlighting the unrest and correct me us and america is this is my perspective and my uh, interpretation of this not true for the us as well maybe australia uh maybe canada but certainly the us there may be process now certainly there's ones taking place in the uk reportedly there may be some about to take place in the us but I, I wouldn't have said that it is simply and solely due to like the boomerang effect of sanctions per se. I think as has, has been correctly observed, this has been building for years. People have been unhappy for years. Okay, during uh, Trump, people reported in the Trump years of, of doing better in business. So it hasn't all been doom and gloom forever. But I think for most part, the proletariat, if you'd call it that, haven't been happy for a long time and the economic conditions have been building to this for a while i personally agree with that perspective and i i personally interpret all of this as the straw that broke the camel's back now i'm gonna also go back a little bit in time to remember when i reported on denmark not paying for gas in the rubles uh it was a little while ago now I remember in the comments, people were saying that, yeah, they'll be all right. They've got other sources of gas, either their own or Norway. They'll be fine. So reported yesterday, June 19th, Denmark faces a gas supply crisis due to a reduction in gas supplies by Gazprom. I think this is linked to Nord Stream 1. Um, I think it goes on to, yeah, Nord Stream, Russian company through Nord Stream. So it's not... It's not technically due to this gas for rubles thing. They may well have been covered. I hadn't given... I didn't think that this Siemens-Canada-Germany issue that res, that has been used as the reason why Gazprom has reduced the supply through Nord Stream 1 would be quite this devastating. It says earlier here via Nord Stream, the untimely return of gas pumping units from repair by Siemens and engine malfunctions. Uh, It has been posited as well by others that maybe the Russians are using this as reasons. I don't know. I was also under the impression that this wasn't a surprise. This wasn't like a breakdown per se. This was part of scheduled routine uh, maintenance and checkup on the equipment. It wasn't like someone dropped a spanner in the turbine blades which i'm sure would be catastrophic on a gas pipeline but you catch my drift i didn't think it was out of the blue which kind of makes that all the more farcical if you like Uh, really really bizarre uh if we go over then (laughs) again we reported i think it was the first deputy minister of the state duma 
I've forgotten her name. She talked about how with Europe's increased coal imports from South Africa, that there could be no more talk about a green agenda. Well, here you have it. Sanctions against Russia forced Austria to return to the coal age. Austria reopens mothballed coal-fired power plant, according to Bloomberg. Austria is preparing to restart a coal-fired power plant close two years ago due to a reduction in gas supplies from Russia. From the wording here, I'm again linking this back to Nord Stream 1 and these reduced flows. Having, I don't know about you, but it's certainly surprising me about the, the effect that that is having. Now the country's reserves meet only 39% of its annual consumption. This also lends in and gives credence to the report that I gave on Saturday about Europe using its winter supplies. Holy smokes. The Kremlin has repeatedly said that Russia has never used gas supplies to punish anyone, but sells fuel solely in its own interests to increase the well-being of Russians. And on a commercial basis. <laughs> what do you think? Is it a ploy to increase the revenues whilst the, they can? Again, it cites the uh, repair of the Siemens turbines here. I do wonder, given how much is being placed on these turbines, how much it was a chess move. I don't know. Again, I, I, I can't really comment with any authority. Uh, the other story I reported that there's more details to follow up on was this sanctioned by Kaliningrad. I said, in defense of Lithuania, perhaps it was a bureaucratic knot that they'd tied themselves into seemingly similar to the Siemens turbine, Canada and Germany. Not necessarily intended to antagonize and poke the bear. And I'm on the fence about this because now we've got words like indicating that the measure was agreed with the European Commission. Ah, maybe it was calculated. Maybe it was intended to poke the bear. Under the ban were from 20 to 40% of the range, cement, metals, building materials, and other goods important for construction and production. The head of the Lithuanian foreign ministry, Gabrielius Landsbergis, said that this measure was not a decision of Vilnius, but of the European Union, which adopted sanctions. It's a kind of shifting blame there. I'm still on the fence, I'll be, I'll be frank. I'm not sure if this was... Lithuania purposely being difficult and antagonizing Russia, or whether it was, again, this knot that they've tied themselves into. But it's not beyond reason to think that the European Commission instructed Lithuania to poke the bear on their behalf, if you like. So yeah, arguments could be made for and against in this case. To wrap up, uh, something I want to bring you uh, to your attention. Now, I'm sure you're aware about these U.S mercenaries in the west they're called former u.s military or veterans uh these basically these two guys have been captured the important detail to note is they have been captured by russian they are russian prisoners of war captured by russian forces now i think that's that's important because as we, as later mentioned in the article by aslan pinner that was donetsk people's republics so we have these two <laughs> The capture of the two Americans will be diplomatically sensitive. So now here is a case where it is actually Russia that has them in custody. Now, I'm sure this is of interest to Americans, as Aslin and Pinner uh, were of great interest to me, being uh, of my own countrymen. 
I'm not saying these guys are not of interest to me. Uh, in fact, they are. But I'm sure this is of interest to you Americans. And you can find on Helmcast a long interview with both these guys. 51 minutes, 45 seconds. I'll leave a link in the description where you can he hear their story from their own lips. This guy claims that he wanted to go just to see if the news was true. Didn't intend to fight. Then it ended up signing a contract with the International Legion and later the 3rd Battalion. And yeah didn't didn't quite add up i suspect he's he's aware of who's listening and he's covering his backside and then we have another portion dedicated to this fella here it is for a bulgarian channel but it's all spoken in english so there's there's no need for english speakers to use translation but that's all there if you like last story i'm gonna bring to your attention and wrap up on previously i reported about at the time it was two oligarchs that were no how do i phrase this that died in mysterious circumstances, or there were questions around their demise. Let's put it that way. Now, it ended up being three, I think, actually, in total. It was a bit of a whodunit murder mystery. Was it the West that was knocking off Russian oligarchs, or was it Russia cleaning out? Um, these, these were guys who were on the board of directors of, like, Gazprom and stuff. Real strange how it all... all the links. Anyway, we've got another case of uh, ex-head of Rosvoruznia, Ogaryov found dead again another found dead at, at home in a cottage in the suburbs goes down for details says officially the committee confirms the discovery of a 64 year old man dead in a cottage settlement does not specify his identity okay let's go all the way down because here is what's piqued my interest in this story Ogaryev headed Rosvurgenia sorry in 1999-2000 also worked as Russia's permanent representative to the OSCE. Nah. Deputy head of the presidential administration and deputy secretary of the Security Council. My gut tells me that has more... has quite a lot to do with the circumstances that he's been found in. The reason I say that, and the reason I'm so suspicious, is the OSCE, OSCE has been found up to funny business in Ukraine, uh, kicked out for spying on Russian positions, relaying their uh, positions to the Ukrainian military in the early phase of the special operation. I think there's something shady going on at the OSCE. Uh, seemingly, this Ogrodev was involved somehow. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm pure speculation. It's just one of those spidey sense tingling details that pops out at you. I'm going to be keeping an eye to see if there's any more, or maybe this story just gets memory hold. Uh, we shall see. That about wraps up uh, wraps up the main news as well as some of the cheeky other stuff. Uh, really curious as well to to hear from you about, as I said, about these protests now taking place in the UK. I expect them to take place in the US as well. I personally struggled. In, in the UK. I haven't here in Russia. Um, I'm thriving rather than just surviving. Uh, again, enough propaganda from me on that front. But about you guys, do you, do you think this is just a recent phenomenon of uh, Putin's price hike? <laughs> it does make me laugh. I hope you enjoyed my video about Putin's discount. Or, or do you feel like the analysts and, and Putin himself have said that this has been mismanagement from the West going on for years now that is culminating in this situation and this upset in the populations. Will we see 
a change of the elites. I kind of hope so. Uh, Non-violent, ideally. Uh, Henry David Theroux, Civil Disobedience. I think that book, uh, hopefully, will get up on the bestsellers on Amazon because that's a must-read, in my opinion. Quite heavy going, though. Okay, I'll wrap this up here. I've waffled enough. I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.